was over there. She said, no, it's not raining. I'm like, it is. <laughs> it has to be. And all you do is listen to Soundgarden. Welcome to episode 10 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing and the F, well, you decide. As you might be asking yourself, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO. And you can find us at Rockstar CMO on Twitter and rockstarcmo.com on the web. And that's where you'll find all of the show notes and links from this episode. This episode was recorded on Friday the 15th of May. We are still pretty much confined to the Rockstar CMO penthouse in lockdown, following very strictly the very clear advice that if you have to go out, you should, but you really shouldn't. Whether you're in or out, thank you for choosing us to keep you company. This week, I'm joined by Amber Osborne, yes, Miss Destructor herself, a Twitter handle that has us all jealous and possibly why Forbes considered Amber to be the second most influential CMO on Twitter. In our conversation, we learn her story from selling music merch to being a serial startup tech marketer and AR, VR evangelist and expert, which is so relevant to these virtual times. And I'm also sure you'll agree with what she throws into the Rockstar CMO swimming pool. More on that later. I have another cocktail of Robert Rose, Chief Troublemaker at the Content Advisory this week. But first, I'll highlight an article from Rockstar CMO that I'd like you to have a look at from our latest issue. Let's get started, shall we? In episode five, I interviewed Dennis Shaw, And if you listen to that episode, you'll know that Dennis has been tooting the horn for virtual events for over a decade and is way ahead of us in honing those skills. The article from the latest issue of Rockstar CMO I'd like you to take a look at is by him. It's called Getting a Buzz from Virtual Events that shares a very positive experience Dennis had attending Reboot 2020. It was a virtual event, of course, and it gets a bit meta here as this was a virtual event about events attended by Dennis, an expert in virtual events hosted by Event Geek. But who better to showcase how it should be done? And Dennis shares what he learned. Check that out at rockstarcmo.com and click on the latest issue. And of course, I'll include a link to that in the show notes. Right, on to our interview segment. Amber Osborne is a regular contributor to Rockstar CMO. Her backstage Q&A in one of our earliest issues is still very popular. And since then, we have caught up with her in our Tales from the Tour Bus series. Amber is a serial tech startup CMO, most recently working in AR and VR from her start in the music industry. With Twitter handle like Miss Destructo, I was looking forward to this conversation. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Amber, to Rockstar CMO FM. It's fantastic to finally get to talk to you. I think we've yeah. known each other for a couple of years now, just yeah. online. Yeah, absolutely. And you feel like you know somebody, uh, and it's not until you chat for I do. 15. <laughs> yeah. I do. I feel, like, I feel like we know each other enough, you know, to have yeah. some really amazing conversations online. And then when you finally meet somebody, it's like, like seeing an old buddy oh that's nice thank you very much and just for the uh, listeners um reference we've chatted a couple of times like virtually haven't we we did a backstage series and i'll include a link to that in the My show notes favorite yeah and, favorite interview. <laughs> and you know what it's one of it's one of the the, the best backstage i mean i shouldn't say that because that's like judging your children but <laughs> of the 20 odd we've done it's certainly one of the most popular and i think some of your answers and we'll talk about that in a moment uh, were some of the funniest, really good. And then we c- caught up with you um, on Tales from the Tour Bus 
Um, so for people that haven't been paying attention, what are you up to these days? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm a bit all over the place, you know, but I guess I guess that kind of seems normal for these days. Um, I've, I've been doing a lot of consulting, uh, mostly for tech companies that are diving into emerging technologies and virtual reality. And, um, you know, a few, still a few clients in music that are trying to figure out ways to use technology to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, it's, it, summer touring has been completely canceled for the most part, uh, yeah. and they're just find, trying to find other ways. So I've, you know, I've been, I've been up to a lot of, um, I would say, problem solving, <laughs> problem right. solving using technology um, in the last couple of months. That's great. Well, that, I mean, that's what it's for. Um, so a couple of points on that. So um, I think for the entire time that we've known each other, you've been in AR and VR. So you're still fighting the good fight for that. Yes. Still. And as we we were discussing before I hit record is we're sort of still in lockdown, although some strange things are happening depending on where you live. But how are you helping marketers see through this? What you were just talking about. So how are you seeing that technology change for them? Again, just finding people that are used to traditional marketing ways. I mean, everything, the rug has been ripped out from underneath them in the last Mm -hmm. couple of months. I've seen Mm -hmm. brick and mortar retailers uh, email me and and come to me and say, how do I get my store online? You know, I don't Mm -hmm. really deal much in e-commerce, but at least Mm -hmm. I I know people I can, I can send them to. Um, And again, it's, it's just, everything has just completely changed. So retailers are looking for new ways to market to audiences that can't physically experience products um, yeah. and augmented reality uh, as, as we know as AR is, mm-hmm. is an easier way for them to do it because uh, yeah. everyone has a mobile phone. Yeah. So you need a new microwave and you know, you yeah. want to just see how it looks in your space. You can easily yeah. do that where um, even just buying a microwave and getting it shipped to you and then maybe it doesn't yeah. work out and having to return yeah. it, that really yeah. eases up that that pipeline that we have going right now. You know, you yeah. have to save um, save space uh, mm. and, and save um, just even through shipping. Um, and yeah. you can do that through through AR. Yeah. And I, I, I think that um, what we've seen with all the working from home and all the talk about the dig- finally the digital transformation of a lot of organization are you seeing this particular crisis as an accelerator for for augmented reality and virtual reality yeah i think it's it's yeah. definitely been a catalyst because again yeah. people are trying to find new ways and and to to do what they used to be able to do but they can't do anymore so yeah. for example um vr has really allowed for uh either people that were speakers that's a that's mm-hmm. a completely other you know industry that has been affected yeah. by this people that yeah. they make all of their money off of speaking and vr yeah. has allowed people to still speak at events and um for organizations to hold events yeah um virtually you know where you have a more of a immersive networking feel to it than just yeah. a, vi- a video um, I've seen companies do product launches in the last couple of months using uh, volumetric video and right. 3, 3D assets to show off their product. Where again, you know, physically, you may not be able to get to uh, a car showroom in, yeah, <laughs> in the next yeah. couple of months. Yeah, and just for people that don't understand all the terminology you use there, what, what's volumetric video? 
Yeah, so volumetric video is where you're able to um, fully capture an environment. Mm -hmm. So, uh, for example, uh, if you want it to recreate your living room or mm -hmm. your office lobby, uh, yeah. you can do a, a scan of, of those elements and be able to place it into a virtual environment. So yeah. you have a, what we call a digital twin. Right. Of, of what that environment um, looks like. Cool. Well, cool. And, um, and something we were just mentioning before I hit record was uh, how about that being our local pub, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And I had I'd also mentioned, you know, to you briefly yeah. that uh, there was a gentleman who um, was, was sitting at home in isolation. He really wanted to get together with his buddies at the pub. So he recreated his pub. Um, uh -huh. He has, uh, you know, previous video game background and design background. So he recreated yeah. his pub with all of his friends. Yeah. He made all of his friends into a character using their faces <laughs> from images. And um, it, they're able to get together. Yeah. Just like you would a Zoom call, but yeah. you're more of uh, using an avatar or a character. Wow. I've so never, it's it's really helped in so many different ways and and just you yeah. know, my own personal life of just trying to find ways to be social again yeah 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 absolutely i think that's something we're all um we're all struggling oh. with at the moment, as we were saying before i mean uh on the last podcast i was talking to robert rose and he mentioned being in a british pub and i honestly almost had a tear in my eye but um just to um just to go back to that uh, backstage interview we did and i could i could ask you about almost all the all the questions <laughs> all the answers you gave us but um on the same kind of topic, I guess, I mean, you gave us, like, I think five things for the rider, and one of them was mandatory karaoke. <laughs> Are you missing the karaoke? I, I definitely am. I yeah. definitely am. And, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm more of an observer. <laughs> you, know, you, can, you can Google me. You can find the YouTube videos. I, I have done karaoke in the past. But uh, it's more of just, you know, social, social element. It's yeah. a, a nice getaway. And of course, there's music involved, so I'm all for that. I just love the performance aspect of it too. You know, yeah. you don't have to be the best singer, but some of these people just, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's the guts that they have. It's the yeah. bravery to get up there. <laughs> we we've done it before as a family. My wife's a singer, and um, and my my two girls can sing as well. I can't, and so, <laughs> and so it's an evening that fills me with dread. I <laughs> I know that feeling. My husband's an amazing singer, and it's like yeah. if he does a performance, everyone's just like, oh my goodness, and I'm like, yeah, I can't go after him now. I can't. No. No, you can't even sit next to him, really. No, he's really, but he's the rock star. I just look like one. <laughs> so, and that's certainly true. And what's um, uh, we, you talked? Do you think so? I was going to ask you about what. Well, I've asked most of our guests at the moment is, you know, what's their tip for staying sane right now? But it sounds like it sounds like reproducing the inside of a pub and yeah, and, and you know, reality. Just finding ways to keep social and healthy. Yeah. And there's so many ways through technology that you can do that now. Mm. And, you know, everybody's been doing Zoom calls. Yeah. And it's like I do so many Zoom calls with my clients yeah. every yeah. week. And it's just you get so fatigued by doing yeah. video yeah. Uh, nonstop that. By the yeah. time it gets 
around to a happy hour or social hour when your friends are like, hey, let's do a Zoom call. It's like, yeah. can we not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> can we do it? I'm not going to leave my camera on. But I mean, yeah. I found I found um, plenty of platforms out there uh, that are made for VR, but you can experience them on the computer and they work yeah. just as well. So nice. um, avatar-based chats uh, like mm -hmm. uh, Mozilla Hubs and Altspace have been keeping me sane because it's a great way to connect with my friends and also yeah. meet, meet new people through social events that they have. Um, yeah. And, and I've also been working out in VR. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's the kick of my butt. I know I look silly. <laughs> I know my neighbors are probably like, what is that person doing flailing all about? But <laughs> it's not, you know, I use this program. It's called um, Supernatural. And it has great music. Like they got, they got the licensing. Uh, I was working yeah. out the Fleetwood Mac last week, and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. I think I saw you tweet that actually. Yeah, that you I was like, yeah. well, because you know, like a lot of like, uh, especially newer workout programs are very uh, techno focused and very, mm. you know, like, oh, let's get all the heavy EDM and large beats and. You know, sometimes yeah. you just want to work out the Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mind you, of course, in virtual reality, uh, you don't actually need to um, get fit. You can just be whoever you want to be. But yeah, I'm just I mean, <laughs> slightly typical. Uh, yeah, no, I know. That's the Ready Player One scenario. It's like you can be fit in VR. Yeah. Like you don't. You can. You just be a blob on the couch if you want to in real life. Well, the um, uh, we just mentioned Twitter. Um, tell me about the the Twitter handle that you have that has everybody <laughs> envious in, in the Rockstar CMO office, your Miss Destructo, where did that come from? Oh my goodness. So um, there's, there's the, there's the PG version and there's not the <laughs> PG, PG version. Well, come on, this is an FM podcast. I know, so. right? Um, so actually uh, it's, it's, it really is about destroying stereotypes. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always, well, I mean, I've always been a naturally clumsy person, but, um, but before that, it's just, you know, about, about creating because, you know, mm -hmm. you have to destroy something to really make a great creation sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, back when I was younger, much younger, um, God, <laughs> now I'm looking like, Wow, that was a long time ago, mm -hmm. uh, about 10 years ago, you know, when I was in my early 20s mm -hmm. and um, just being someone who was not fitting the mold of what a, a traditional marketer looks like, what yeah. a traditional person in business looks like. You know, I was I was young. I had blue hair, like in a mohawk almost. Wow. And, and I was really good at social media and, mm -hmm. and and conversations and i already worked a lot with um building fan bases and communities yeah. and i i had a lot of marketing experience but it's like everyone's like oh well you can go into an agency and i'm like i don't want to do that that's not yeah. me yeah. That's, i i don't want to fit into that box you know i know yeah. i'm good at something but i don't want to just be told what to do. I think I've always had a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of the, I mean, it's funny because that's come up a couple of times um, uh, with the guests. I was talking to um, uh, Kate from, from Lately a couple of episodes yes. ago. And, and her father took her aside and said, you know, 
you can't work for people. <laughs> and, I know. <laughs> and that kind of spurred her on. And, I, and it's, it's, it's a very inspirational um, uh, journey that she went on after that. So I hear I think, that. I feel that, you know. Yeah. I, uh, there's been a couple of times when I've had some really great opportunities come across my plate. And I just, yeah. you know, look at who I would be working for. And I'm like, yeah. I'd get fired and probably about, <laughs> give me two months, maybe. Um, <laughs> Because the you know some some they're like oh we love your ideas but not like that no right yeah <laughs> but not yeah. like that yeah and so no, you, but it works <laughs> yeah well you talked about um, starting in marketing by building fan bases and again something that I'm finding I mean we we obviously with our name I guess we attract marketers that have had a music musical background and you're yeah. no different. Tell, tell us about your start with the with the Red Elvises. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> oh memories. Um, so, so I, uh, let's see, I started in the music industry when I was 14, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, just helping local bands and, like, school bands, like, do flyering and promotion around town. And I did not come mm-hmm. from a big town. Yeah. Um, so it was a lot of uh just thinking like oh i'm helping out my buddy's band i've always been really really into music and music Mm -hmm. is ingrained in me Mm -hmm. Um, but i've never been able to be a musician because um i don't have patience i'm learning (laughs) guitar right now i swear i'm trying but um when i was about 16 or 17 uh, there was this band that my sister's like, oh, we have to go see. Like, mm-hmm. they do Russian surf rock. And I was like, wow. okay. I didn't know that was a genre, but <laughs> yeah, we'll go check them out. And just as somebody who has always appreciated um, a good performance, um, yeah. there has not been one Red Elephant's concert that I have ever been to that you know, people aren't moving and dancing and, and yeah. they, a lot of audience participation with this band. So yeah. after it was like, you know, they're just cool people, um, just crazy Russians. Um, <laughs> my, my sister, you know, got talking to one of them and they were like, oh, well, and this, this tour date was in Tampa. So mm-hmm. it was a tour date in Tampa that they were like, oh, well, we need someone to help us out with our merch booth for our next show. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, where's your next show? And I'm like, oh, well, um, Jacksonville, which is at the top of, you know, the top yeah. of the state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my sister at the time, um, I think I was, you know, I was, I was still in high school and she's like, hey, like, how about we do a road trip and like, <laughs> let's go work their merch booth. <laughs> And that's where, I mean, that's where it kind of all started. I think yeah. we, we did at least, we did so many shows with them. And, you know, we yeah. just helped out where we could. We were roadies. We did, we sold merch. I think, you know, most of the beginning of my career was yelling at drunk people that we didn't have, <laughs> we didn't have medium shirts left, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But from there, you know, I still, I, I, I got into major record labels um, through some local bands and stuff that were, had gotten signed to like RCA and stuff. And they're like, no, 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 we want her to come with us, even though um, you're still going to be doing all of your, your fancy marketing. Um, yeah. We still need local marketing. 
so uh, yeah, so I just, I started from there. And by the time I hit college, I had already been doing marketing and promotions and artist management and doing a lot of stuff when online was just brand new and people were trying to yeah. figure out how to reach out to their fans through MySpace yeah. and all these different forums. And um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just, I think a lot of that has still, a lot of that punk rock kind of low budget marketing creativity. Yeah, uh, yeah. I still carry with me because, you know, it's just, you get that accomplished feeling when someone asks like, you know, what, let's talk about your marketing team or what agency yeah. did you work on that? I'm like, Nope, just me with like, <laughs> no, no budget, no budget. But you did it anyway. Yep. And I mean, you can do a lot by just activating people, you know, yeah. either your fans or your customers that already love you yeah. um, or, or find ways to connect with audiences that you, you don't know are yeah. out there that might love you. So yeah. It's just um, it's it's been quite a journey. <laughs> well, yeah, and but the, um, that is that is marketing at its core, isn't it? It's it's, it's it, at its base, creating fans. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing is like people skip that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. skip that core foundation a lot. Yeah, yeah, and and then um, after the music, it seems like you've been with it seems like startups are your Startup. thing. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what was the transition from going from the music industry to the, to the tech startups that you've worked in? Um, and, and, and what advice would you give to marketers in that environment? So there's two questions. there. Oh boy. Well, uh, going from, it's completely different environments. Um, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And, you know, I think even on talking about like, the sometimes you don't as a marketer as a creative even feel like you fit into the box of the the mainstream okay I'm gonna graduate college I'm gonna go to an agency um sometimes you like to work with other people that have that mindset you know yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I find that the entrepreneurial uh spirit uh just it, it it's something that brings people together. So I've just, yeah. I've ended up in startups. Um, yeah. And that's how and I ended up. You've got a great scene up there in Seattle, haven't you? In, in yeah. that area as yeah, well. Yeah, that's how I ended up in Seattle. I was just going to yeah. mention, you know, that's that's how I ended up here. Because uh, I met somebody on Twitter who had mm. an idea. And I went, wow, I could really help you out. Yeah. Um, and it was for an uh, artificial intelligence product. And I was right. with them for, they, I mean, co-founded it. And I was there for four years. Yeah. And it's it's Seattle here has so yeah. many opportunities where it's like in Florida it's it's boomed since I left um, right. almost eight years ago. But yeah. uh, you got to go where things are happening. Um, yeah. yeah, even if it is raining. <laughs> even if it's you know, but we just we don't tell people about the I really know. really nice weather. I, There's I, a I, reason. I, I, I have been in Seattle and um, and complained about the rain. And bearing in mind, I'm I'm from the UK, so I'm fairly used to it. And um, one of my British friends over there, she said, "No, it's not raining." I'm like, "It is. <laughs> it has to be." And all you do is listen to Soundgarden and Nirvana, and you drink coffee all the time, right? And it's like, well, one of those, yes. But the other two, not really. Maybe not so much. But I mean, to answer answer your second yeah. question, if I have to give advice um, mm-hmm. to marketers and startups, um, you know, learn a little bit from everyone making the product. 
Um, I think yeah. too many startups and companies tend to keep their marketers pretty siloed. <laughs> Yeah. You know, go go do your marketing pen. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mm. And, you know, they believe that they should never intervene in the product side of things and, yeah. and just do whatever growth hacking. Oh, God, I hate that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> growth hacking magic you do to get customers in the door. You're banned. You're I, bought. I know. I, <laughs> I said the word that I was using. using. But I mean, seriously, if you even yeah. if you aren't the most technical minded person, you know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not I have a very good foundation now in technology. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just knowing how your product works or even doesn't work is foundational yeah. to building a solid, sure. well-rounded strategy. For sure. And I, I also think that's a symbiotic relationship. Like it, it's got to be both ways. I mean, if, yeah. if product folks aren't pulling the marketers into into the into the product planning in that you know you've been out there you understand the market tell us a little bit about how it's being received and what you think um, it should be doing um that's the way it has to work right exactly and you know even even keeping an open line of communication between Mm. the developers and engineering i think is important too because um we're the eyes and ears we 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 know the customers in the market and you can you can drive all the features and stuff you want but if we're like yeah. no that's not what they want you know yeah, yeah, um yeah. and we also just even just having a sense of hey um you as a developer your your work is important yeah um and yeah. let let us tell your stories of yeah. making and creating this product um yeah. it's it's just it's it's things that are just so overlooked yeah. um yeah because I think startups sometimes have a let's build it and let's ship it out the door kind yeah. of mentality that in the real world, um, unless you have something that people are already clamoring for, mm-hmm. you know, you can't, you can't build an amazing product without marketing. You just have a product yeah. and no That's customers. True. That's true. And we could do a whole podcast episode, probably a series of podcast episodes about this uh, very topic. I'm, I mean, my background is in, in product marketing and content marketing and I come from tech background as well and and it it, it yeah it is you can't you don't win market share with features you know? yeah the thing is yeah. like people get also very overwhelmed um, yeah. Uh, yeah by features and yeah, it's yeah. it's like without marketing and without um having onboarding or the yeah. email campaigns or yeah. setting up those things um yeah you just you're you're missing out on a lot and then people wonder why things <laughs> yeah. don't work for them yeah um also i would say advice on the other end of things that if you have a startup something that you should really consider for your marketers is get yeah. some support like don't make marketing last like i know develop- yes. development comes first right yeah yeah but marketing should not be last like if you give them the tools and the resources that they need because even though there's you know i I can make a lot happen with like no budget there's still certain things that you do need as a marketer um to to make things happen well i'll tell you that oh that's true of that's i mean all of what you just said is true of any software company startup or not i mean i've i've sat in executive networking events where people have sat around in it and the marketers have lamented in serious organizations that they they're tired of being brought into the party too late too late 
And then they expect, right. And then they expect you to just like wave your wand and then make things happen. And it's like, I should have been involved in day one, you know, um, building audiences and like so many things that they just expect to happen in two weeks, you know? Yeah. Just, just sit there in the corner with the unicorns and the rainbows and the coloring (laughs) in pens and We'll give you a shout when we're ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's great advice. And I think that's great advice for any marketer working in technology. So I'm going to come to our final question now. And uh, probably one of my favorite sections of Rockstar CMO is the swimming pool, where I offer yes. for, for everybody just to throw all the bullshit and snake oil and all the rubbish that unfortunately our industry seems to generate. Um. Into, into the swimming pool like a true rock star. Now, when we talk to you in the backstage, I love this. You <laughs> you through stuff other marketers tell you to do on the internet into the rock star CMO swimming pool. Do you want to uh, expand yeah. on that, or do you let have me, a new? Let idea? me explain before people are like, "Why should I listen to you then, <laughs> or anybody else?" Okay. Well, that's what I thought was the irony when I published it as Rockstar CMO. I know, and I always, I always, I always love to do that because I, I love to make people think a little bit more than just yeah. telling them like, well, "Well, why should I listen to you?" And good, you asked that question, right? Yeah. You yeah. know, to make yeah. people question even what people are telling them. But I mean, yeah. what what I really meant by that is, you know, you should learn from what works, not what the yeah. latest guru tells you is the yeah. only way cut and dry to do things. Yeah. Because I mean, when I first started in social media marketing back in OA, there was so many of these like marketing gurus coming out of the woodwork. And it's like a lot of them didn't have marketing backgrounds, but yeah. for some reason, you know, they were yeah. They were just like they were they were the go to's, you know, everybody yeah. was was clamoring and, and learning from. And yeah. um, it, it, it was great because it gave me clients because I, I mean, I had seen a lot of people end up making a mess mm. of their their themselves on social media um, mm. because they followed bad advice that was popular. Yeah, and uh, and one of those was like, "Oh, it's okay to automate everything. You know, send, <laughs> send everybody DMs automatically, yeah. and like, no one will notice." <laughs> and I'm like, "No, no, no! You've now spammed yeah. all your contacts, and they've already yeah. ripped you off. You know, you have to build trust." Yeah. So, I mean, I, I say, if you want to learn from someone, go look at how they market themselves. Yeah. Uh, you know, their social accounts, their newsletters, how they converse with people online, yeah. their audience, you know, what their ads look like, you know, emulate the practices that have been working for them, but yeah. not just folding everything you do yeah. into what they say as the end-all be-all of knowledge. Because the thing yeah. is, I, I believe marketing comes from experience. Um, yeah. And we've all had those marketing mistakes, but it's like, it, if you're coming right out of the woodwork and you're making some big mistakes because somebody gave you bad advice, that should be, <laughs> that should yeah. be, that should be a good, um, a good uh, notifier that you need to probably listen to other sources. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there you go. You touched on another topic. I think we could probably talk about on a, on a podcast. In fact, we've, we've done a whole issue on two of the things you talked about. The, the one of them is feature creatures. We did a whole issue on, on that. And, and that second one about marketing automation, about, about the fact that all the, the, the damage automation does that sort of drip fee to your brand. If you, if you over automate, you, you, so you don't know it and it's cents on the dollar or whatever, but it's Chinese water torture for your brand. It's, it is. It, I've seen yeah. some um, pretty uh, 
bad things happen because of of that and then they they don't know how to regain all of yeah. what they, they've destroyed and again from destruction comes creation yeah uh, and for for me it, it gave me clients because they're like how, how do you fix this yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do you fix this yeah so that's a good thing. So it's almost we shouldn't have thrown it in the swimming pool because it actually has been quite profitable for you. But nonetheless, <laughs> but still, I mean, I definitely believe you know people 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 shouldn't listen to everything you know that no, is, is, is popular. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So that's fantastic. I really enjoyed chatting to you. Um, really nice to catch up with the famous Mister Destructor. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Infamous, more likely, but. <laughs> And I look forward to chatting to you again. Thank you very much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you, Ian. Cheers. Bye-bye. Splendid. Thank you, Amber. As we mentioned, you can find Amber at Miss Destructo on Twitter, and her website is amberosborne.com. And I will, of course, include both of those links in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com forward slash podcast. I may even sneak in a little bit of a karaoke if I can find that on YouTube as well. Look out for that. Right, I've just got a call from reception. My next guest, my friend Robert Rose, Chief Troublemaker at the Content Advisory, is in the Rockstar CMO bar. Let's go join him, shall we? Robert, what are you drinking? Oh, let's see. I think this week we're calling it the Safer at Home. Um, it's the Safer at Home drink because it's, you know, a couple of these and you better stay home. <laughs> Basically <laughs> is the way that it goes. Uh, I like to think of it as a health tonic. It is a wonderful, wonderful uh, Haradura tequila, uh, which if you haven't had, it's really wonderful. And then a touch of green apple juice, lemon, lime, ginger and here's the key ingredient uh, a touch of cayenne pepper um and uh yeah and then by the way a double dose of the haradura tequila and it's it'll cure what ails you for sure oh that sounds splendid let me see what i've got here i've got some um bombay sapphire is that anything is that similar i it it, it is it can be yes uh-huh. it, and with okay. enough of it you can be yeah uh-huh and i got some ice did you put ice in yours i did it, they're ice it's definitely a uh-huh. rock drink yeah Okay. All right. And then, what were the uh, what did what, what did I need to add to the? Uh, well, if you, I guess, if you're going with the ingredients here, it would be green apple, lemon, mm-hmm. uh, ginger, and a touch of cayenne pepper. Oh, good. That sounds very similar to tonic. I yes, have tonic. Exactly. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Let me that's let me exactly stick right. some. T- exactly Hang on a sec. Right. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, that's good, Robert. Yeah. That's some nice yeah. drinking. Yeah. And what did you call that again? That is called the Safer at Home. Oh, very nice. I like that. I've had these before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds, it tastes very familiar to it's me. It's very familiar. <laughs> it's a very familiar drink for sure. <laughs> uh, and um, we love having these cocktails at home, um, but of course with our families. Um, but if we were anywhere in the world, where would you have this cocktail? You know, one of my favorite places on the planet is Sydney, Australia. And I have to tell you, I was watching the news um, the other day, and they've had such a wonderful response to this crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell you, I, I I would love to be on a beach right now in Sydney. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, and I, I've I've been there myself. It's it's such a um, eclectic city, such and and it's and it's it's still packed into just that little downtown, isn't it? And then you drive a little way a little way, and you're in 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 Austra- in wild Australia, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and one yeah, of the I things think- that I love about it so much is the fact that it reminds me so much of my hometown here of Los Angeles because it's yeah. it's really packed in right there at the beach, and then yeah. you've got a bunch of beaches to choose from. But yeah, then just yeah. literally twenty minutes outside, you're in the wilderness and the bush. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I I love Sydney. A really good choice. Yeah. Um, and uh, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I think uh, you and I have drunk in a couple of cities, and about a shame we've never done Sydney. So yeah, that, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. So we, we here we are in our in our bar in Sydney. Um, what once we've had a few of these, and and <laughs> we're just about we're just about ready to go back to. Do you remember hotels? I don't know if you remember those, but if we're just about to leave the bar and go back to our hotel, um. What one piece of uh, you know what what one piece of advice would I take away as I tottered back to back to the Marriott? I think one of the things these days that I'm certainly something that we've been working with our clients on is asking yourself, really taking a moment to pause and mm-hmm. ask yourself in this crisis, then the things that we've done um, over mm-hmm. the last you know call it twelve to fifteen weeks. Mm-hmm. What are the things that we're going to keep? Because in so many ways, our uh, processes, governance, and things that we do get thrown out the window during a crisis like this. And sometimes we discover some new things that are, quite frankly, better, and they might be worth keeping. So it's worth a reflection to find out what you might want to keep that's come out of this crisis. Oh, that's great advice. I was I, I hosted an exe- a virtual, obviously, executive breakfast the other day, and I had two sort of executives and two brands, and one of them was talking about all the things they want to keep, and the other one was thinking about all the things they could now throw away. Nice. So there's two. I like that. that's, that's yeah, great. it's a double-sided coin. It's really a really interesting conversation. So anyway, I'm going to um, finish this. I think uh, this was rather good. Thank you, Robert, and um, and thank you for joining us this week. Absolutely, my pleasure. Cheers. <laughs> thank you. Robert. Cheers. That's it. Another episode of Rockstar CMO FM pressed and ready for your podcasting jukebox. Thank you to Amber, Robert and our fabulous Rockstar CMO community. And of course, to you for listening. If you like what we're doing here, please let us know. Drop a rating or review in your preferred podcasting platform or get in touch at Rockstar CMO on Twitter or LinkedIn. I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of Rockstar CMO. Stay safe and I hope you'll join us again next week.
You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.